Welcome to Game Club, the internet's premier podcast that's like a book club, but for video games. Glory to Astotska. I'm Dan. I'm the border guard, Catherine. And I'm your head of propaganda, Charles. This week, we played Papers, Please. But first, we're going to talk about our Nerd Week. Yeah, before we get into the Nerd Week, uh, I just want to say this. We take spoilers very seriously on this show. Uh, I, in fact, do not watch any Star Wars trailers. Uh, none of us do, in fact, leading up to the movies at the end of the years uh, or any trailers of a movie we want to see because spoilers are the worst. Subsequent- <laughs> and we don't like fun. <laughs> yeah, we mostly we hate fun. Uh, subsequently, we will not be talking about Game of Thrones on this podcast at any stage. I just want to put that out there, uh, partly for our listeners and partly to screw over Jones. Uh, yeah, all right. I would like to shame Jones publicly for <laughs> requesting that we talk about it. <laughs> Done, officially and publicly. Right. Thanks for listening, Jones. All right, let's head on into the Nerd Week. <laughs> All righty, my Nerd Week up first. So this week, uh, I continued along with my board game development. I've now starting to get some play pieces together, including event cards, upgrade cards, uh, stealing pictures off the internet for it. It's all very exciting. So that is going through a playthrough on Thursday with some friends at work, actually. Oh, I was uh, like, God, you're not making me play it again, are you? <laughs> no, yours is on the 23rd of July. You're, oh you're set in. Okay. Brilliant. We're Good. locked in. Great. Locked oh. in. Uh, <laughs> and I played some X-Wing today at lunch. Lunch games. It's a thing at work, uh, which is the Star Wars uh, spaceship game. Uh, and I haven't played it for years because the meta got really cruel and unusual. By years, do you mean year max? No, like two and a half years. What? X-Wing. Really? Yeah, yeah. I have played it for we've ages. played it before that recently. Yeah. You and I have never played X-Wing before. You're talking about <laughs> Destiny? I don't yeah, really know it, what X-Wing is, so you're probably right. <laughs> so, you know in Star Wars, have you seen Star Wars? Wait, no, it's the little mod. Fuck you. Um, it's the little models, right? I'm, you forced it on me once and I was like, this does not seem like my kind of game. There were like mats and movement numbers and... Yeah, that sounds like a horrible game. Movement yeah. and mats. Ugh. I don't know. It's it wasn't for me. a war game, but with Star Wars figurines. Yeah, it was space, spaceships. Yeah, you definitely the made me play it, and I did yeah, not enjoy go. it. Years ago. It was in Canberra <laughs> still. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and I also watched an excellent movie, highly rated, on the weekend called Snowpiercer. Well-known, well-known big film. Fan. Big fan of Snowpiercer. Yeah. So yeah. interesting, relevant news <laughs> that I know because of how um, industry LinkedIn I am. Uh, it is being made into a TV show. Oh, wow. I do not okay. understand so, how. <laughs> I was joking when I yeah, said it was good. It's, it's actually meant to take place on the train. I don't know. Yeah. I'd watch no, that. I love that show. Yeah. I love, I, sorry, I love that film. Not sure how they're going to do a show. But well, you're on a train in, and it's a show. At least the sets will probably be really cheap because, like, you're just in a train carriage the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's cost cuts everywhere to be made. Uh, look, it Actually, was hilarious. Like it. No, no, no I, lo- I loved it. But in a, like, it's a it's, it's terrible way. But it's deliberately it's deliberately extreme and cheesy and Correct. sci-fi and, like, class and passages and all yeah. of that. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it hits thing. you over the head with a lot of its themes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. No, sure. no, it, it really gave me what I wanted, which was the piercing of snow. Uh, I also want to comment that I feel like Chris Evans, who's the main actor, I feel like he's a poor man's Christian Bale. Uh, I just like I identifying. All my, all my Chris mm. is confused. There's too many in the mix, famous Chris wise at the moment. So yeah, I'd Chris like Pine. one or two. Yeah, Chris, Chris Pratt. One or two to become yeah. unfamous. 
die? Are you going that far? No, no, I wouldn't go that far. I like them all. I just want there to be like a battle of the Chris's where the best one wins and the worst one gets maimed. Yep, reasonable. They have to be shirtless for this battle because I know how <laughs> yes. your mind works. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan, all right. what uh, what happened in your nerd week? Uh, my nerd week has uh, has me playing or running D and D games for the AGPN, which is the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Turns out there's other podcasts out there who knew, uh, especially <laughs> in Australia, and uh, all mostly on the topic of gaming. And uh, a couple of people wanted to learn how to play D&D, so we did that, and it was super nerdy. And we're thinking of maybe doing like a recorded session because uh, everyone loves podcasts and those actual play kind of podcasts. It would be uh, interesting getting kind of people, I guess you'd need to really choose your people, but getting entertaining, funny people together and doing a voice-only D&D session probably be pretty entertaining. There's, there's a to. lot of podcasts that, that do that. Gotcha. I think the main thing is, is that the best ones – Make it accessible, even if you're not there. Like not what, like not not someone that has listened from the start. And also, it's not just in jokes because they all know each other. And then the worst mm. ones, obviously, you're like, this is incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. A lot of the best ones have voice voice actors as well who do voice acting for cartoons or, or video yep. games. That's yeah, thing. and. I agree that it needs to be accessible even if you don't play D&D or if you're looking to get into D&D, usually you have to kind of go, hey, we're doing this and this is why the rules are like this and always have that mentality of this could be someone's first episode. That said, I mean, I think there's a huge, like, I have some friends that have just started playing D&D recently and um, they started playing because they were listening to a funny podcast and they went, actually, we think we would really like this. So, I mean, I think more so than a lot of other mediums, I think podcasts are kind of suited to D&D. Like you, you kind of got interested in D&D through Penny Arcade podcast, right, Dan? Yeah, kind of? yeah through the, yeah. Um, the, the D&D and Penny Arcade crossover that they did back in fourth edition and continue to do now at, at each PAX. Uh, yeah. And speaking of getting people into fun, nerdy things, uh, sat down and watched Wonder Woman with Emma yeah. uh, nice. last night. She kind of enjoyed it she actually no she really enjoyed it but was kind of confused at parts which i think is just par for the course was it the world war one versus world war two question okay was it the mustache it was probably the mustache emma does yeah emma does listen to the podcast and she is like how the fuck did Catherine not realize this is world war one that's the big question isn't it the big one (laughs) it's a legitimate worry (laughs) Mm. how did she feel about the mustache she hadn't seen Batman vs Superman, so she didn't understand the framing device. Like she didn't really care, but there was no reference for that. You don't need that. That's yeah. fine. No, yeah, I feel that could have just been cut from the movie. And and I didn't need to have seen Batman. You are missing. Superman. You're missing nothing. Well, yep. she did what she did watch that today apparently, and she wasn't sure why Batman and Superman were fighting. No I one. I don't think it's very clearly no laid is. out yeah. in the movie. <laughs> I don't think Ugh. the writer knew. Anyway. <laughs> they just vomited on a page and moved around. Yeah, very true. Yep. So, like doing the nerd thing, introducing new people to the nerdiness. Well, not it's even. I mean, Emma's a huge nerd, but introducing people to more nerdy things so they can be more like you, and so you can have these kind of nerd conversations with them on, on another level. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. also because. So, what I find, I like. Uh, so today was a good example. I don't own X wing ships anymore because I sold them all off. But I've got a mate at work who's huge into X wing, so I get to play with his toys. And it's just great having different nerds into different things because then you get to do all the nerd things 
uh, at different people's houses. It's like being a kid and going over to your, the mate's house because he had like a basketball not- hoop or something. Mm, but in nerd or something, form. something sports mm, outdoors, related. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but not too different. Like if someone was super into, I don't even know, like, like I'm not a huge anime person. So if that was yeah, okay. all that someone was into, I'd be like, we are technically of the same like nerd mm. species, but you were not similar enough to me so that we can talk about things. <laughs> yeah. Very reasonable. Anime is just it's out there. And one final thing, uh, which I didn't add into the notes, and I can't remember if I talked about it last time on Game Club because it's been two weeks already. Uh, I played a board game where you travel back in time and it's all card game based. It's you all did, card based. You did talk about that. Did I, I don't re- remember it, so. <laughs> <laughs> do you I even don't... pay attention, Catherine? I don't think I do. you do. I'm just do you listen I'm getting to the old. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I played a, a time travel board game that's sort of like an ongoing narrative one, which was really interesting. And that could have cool. been in the last two weeks, could have been longer. Who knows? No one's going to know. Who yeah, can keep track of time Who anymore? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. the whole point of the game. Um, so my nerd week was pretty low-key. I've mostly been battling a few deadlines, which is great, but also has resulted in not much time to actually watch the things that are like what I'm writing. Um which is maybe it's irony. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> no one's sure. No one's sure, except for Alanis Morissette. Um, I did <laughs> have a chance to play a few board games with some friends. Um, it would have been with Charles, but I arrived too late to effectively play board games with Charles. <laughs> Classic, Catherine. Um, I didn't even know you the, were coming. If I knew you were coming, I would have stayed around. But Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we played a great board game that I've played before called Mysterium, um, which is basically that you're a bunch of psychics. It's a co-op game, which is very rare for me. I generally like to be able to betray people, but um, you have to work together. Um, a noticed. bunch of psychics <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, going around a house and being kind of given clues by um, the ghost, which is kind of almost fills the um, DM position in the game. Um, they can't talk, but they tell you when you've gotten things right or wrong and and lead you through different stages. And um, I played the ghost and especially with a bunch of new people, it was so much fun, but it was partly really fun because it was really frustrating. So you're giving them these clues, like you, they have to basically um, – you give them kind of abstract dreams and cards that have lots of weird references on them and they have to choose which like killer it was or which murder weapon or which location that someone was killed in. Um, And it requires a lot of thinking outside of the box and going like, okay, I gave you all these red cards because the the murder weapon was red or or something like that. And um, it just results in a lot of people talking very confidently about a clue that you know is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it comes torture. down to, uh, it comes down to knowing the people, I guess. So it, to put it into yeah. perspective, Dan and I have played this with Catherine before and because we've known each other for, I don't know, 15, 17 years by now. Uh, gross. Yeah. Uh, we like, we're getting them all just like first time and people who yeah. did not like know us that well, were just amazed and shocked and we're pretty sure we were cheating uh, because it's the kind of game that, you bring a lot of background knowledge to your choices and ideas and the way you think. Uh, so it's really interesting to play with different groups of people uh, that you and, know and, and then ones that you don't know. Once you've played a few times, like even within this very limited, you know, we had two runs as a ghost. I played and then another friend played. And the same card was used to be the same clue for the same yep. room. And it's like, well, okay, like that that's completely legit because it's very clearly that room this time. Um, but – 
eventually this game would become ridiculously easy. So it's, it's, it's definitely a game that it has a certain amount of replayability, but eventually you need to start playing it with different groups of people and people that haven't yeah. played before. Here's the thing about board games. I don't mind that they only have limited replayability because like yeah. you only get to play a board game, what, once every two weeks, maybe max if you're doing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, that's so, okay. So yeah. like if you can play a game 10 times, I feel like you've got your money's worth. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. no, absolutely. That That's not a criticism. That's just kind of there are games where there's infinite replayability with different groups of people or whatever, but um, it's – what's happening? That was an easy getting a kiss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, special guest appearance. <laughs> She's back on. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's just a game and, and it's really quick as well. Like even with me playing, it's like half an hour. So um, – Even with you. Amazing. I don't believe yeah. you. No. 45 minutes. Uh, 45 minutes, yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, Yes, that was my no week. Mm. Played a board game, really? Really nerding hard there, Gavin? Yeah, I think we all played That's what I said, I have deadlines. I have deadlines where I'm writing nerdy things. Dan and I also work, so I don't know, whatever. Speaking of written nerdy things, we're going to go straight into the news. News music. News. So mm. we're going to start off the news with some Disney and my Woo-hoo. favorite topic, esports at the moment. Uh, so Disney has rebranded one of their channels uh, from DXD to DXP, uh, and they <laughs> like showed off some of the uh, Evo 2017, the fighting tournament, uh, on their channel. It looks like they're shifting more resources into esports. I know Disney partly owns or completely owns ESPN and they've been looking at a lot more esports stuff recently as well. God, what don't um, they own? Nothing. What's that? <laughs> what don't they own? Yeah, oh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> For now. Um, and also they, uh, Riot Games, which own one of the biggest uh, esports, uh, League of Legends, sold the streaming rights uh, to Bamtech, which Disney partially owns with a $1 billion stake. So uh, it kind of just looks like Disney's just buying up everything esports at the moment and you're going to have yeah, to go I through know. them to watch it. I'm do, okay you, with that. do you think that's a good thing? Like, do you think that that will bring esports to greater prominence or do you think it's just them hedging their bets? Or uh, I think it's like with uh, professional teams, NBA teams and, and gridiron teams buying up Esport teams, I think they're going, well, we've already got sports broadcasting on lockdown and we know how to make it work and we know how to make more revenue off periphery things like um, betting or maybe not betting, but, um, you know, what they have, the fantasy teams. Yeah, uh, and tipping it's basically and betting. Like it's friendlier betting. <laughs> it, it's, it's betting that gets past the American laws that you're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to bet on sports. Clever. Um, and so they want to they want to get hold of these now and you yeah. know maybe sign them up for sort of twenty year contracts uh, minimum for these licenses, so they can they can be that first mover and and uh, and get on top of it that way. I think it's going to inject a lot of money into it. I you know I'm not sure if people are going to buy a Disney subscription or an ESPN subscription to watch these games when they just expect to be able to watch them on Twitch or watch them on YouTube, YouTube live. Uh, but I think they're going to be able to make money from the peripherals. Uh, I, like I the think tip. Disney will bring a level of professionalism and polish to them that we don't currently have. 
uh, and mainstream them as well uh, in ways that they've done with other things that they touch and yep. get on board. Um, they they bought, they kind of get hold of dead but popular things and uh, and revamp them and make them amazing again. So See, I don't think this is dead though. That's this is the opposite. This not. is getting it when it's like uh, a seed Emerging. of something. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, I think I mean like anything that's been at the periphery of culture and then comes into the middle. I think it'll be fascinating to watch the shift from like you know. If a popular esports guy goes on a rant on Twitter and, <laughs> you know, all of those classic things, which which normal sportsmen do as well, but they have organizations and lawyers and all of that stuff that an esports guy wouldn't wouldn't have right now because they're, you know, it's still a, a baby sport. And uh, watching how that works when it's Disney that owns you. <laughs> yeah. Disney bought uh, Axiomatic, which is an ownership group that owns uh, an eSport team. <laughs> they own and people that own people. Exactly. Wow. But I, I think you're right, Catherine. They're going to have to bring in like they do with regular sports. Okay, this is your PR person. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you've got your trainers and your, your health professionals and things like that that help the team perform. But there's also, you, here's your marketing guy. Here's your social media guy. We're going to run you through training so you know what you can and can't say at interviews before and after the match mm-hmm. uh, and what you can yeah. and can't say on Twitter. And that there are consequences, like a lot of these guys, you know, much more so than regular sports. It's like they've played their sport most of the time behind a keyboard, often in very toxic environments. Like I'm not a league player, but I'm aware that that is not a great community by the accounts of a lot of people. Um, And so you're probably used to being able to yell out you know, various angry, illegal words. <laughs> Compared to all those well, gentlemen on the rugby field? Uh. No, but I guess it's that like they now, like once you reach the top of your field, they know what they're meant to be doing, whereas esports is is happening so quickly that you're going to mm. get people that weren't aware that their Twitter rant where they, you know, did said something horrible two years ago will come back to haunt them. Like... Mm. Especially because when they're usually playing, if they're not, or they're, they're just training, they're scrimming, things like that, they're often live streaming that while they do it to try and either generate revenue or generate buzz and, and sort of get a fan base. And having a camera on you 24-7 when you haven't been trained to sort of filter yourself <laughs> uh, could yeah. certainly lead to disaster when, uh, you know, you're only 16, 17, whatever. Yeah, well, kids is the other one. It's going to be really interesting. There's going to be children playing this because there's not that delineation between a child playing a sport and a grown man playing a sport or a grown woman. So yeah. children can be just as good, potentially not quite, but I there's suspect less that at least have cut off things of like being 16 or something like they yeah, have sure. to. Mm. Or else, yeah, you're going to sign a contract with a 14 year old. Well, I guess Disney's done that a fair bit, but yeah, yeah I guess Disney's yeah. fine with it. Yeah, I mean, and that always ends well. Uh, I think we've life. seen. <laughs> yeah. So Macaulay Culkin uh, turned out great. That's mine. Charles, do you want to jump into yours as it's also Disney related? Yeah, I do. So Disney is just killing it, killing it all over the place. So we saw earlier in the week that they released the model, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, uh, for concept, concept design. Yes, for Star Wars Land. Uh, And it was amazing it looks oh, so, looks good. so good <laughs> they um they went a little heavy maybe with the the new episodes but there's a definite mix in there uh, and i yep. think everyone will be happy with it they've gone one step further and they've announced a star wars hotel 
that they're calling it kind of a 360 entertainment or whatever to be utterly immersive. And the idea is that you turn up to this hotel, you're given costumes to wear, you're given a story to kind of cosplay and role play. And oh my God, everyone stop, Charles, in this, Charles, right? It's too much. It's too much. Right? I want it now. So <laughs> everyone in this hotel. Paying attention. <laughs> I am paying attention. <laughs> everyone in this hotel is cosplaying and role playing. Uh, and the hotel, all the windows are screens. So all you can see is space outside these windows and you're in a ship and it's traveling across the galaxy. I'm I so think excited. just wandering around the hotel in Jedi bathrobes would <laughs> uh, be amazing. And just running into other people who are in Jedi or Sith bathrobes or maybe some Jawa bathrobes. Why bathrobes? Do you just mean robes? <laughs> no, Dan's got, a, Dan's got a Jedi bathrobe that he likes okay. to wear with nothing on underneath. And oh, yeah, sometimes so you see his lightsaber. That's, 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 how you get, that's how you get kicked out of a very expensive hotel, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I've wandered around hotels in a bathrobe and thongs, uh, you know, to find the... The, uh, the pool area, it turns out you're probably meant to get changed at the pool area. <laughs> <laughs> and also there was no pool. And also he's uh, not allowed within 100 metres of schools. So, right. yeah, I'm back in Berlin. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Never I'm Berlin. super excited. And I will go. Like, I'll, I'll have to go. I think it's in Florida or I guess or somewhere what, over in the States. What Is would it be attached the- to Disney World in Florida? Or? It must be. Yeah. Um, what would be your cutoff for like how much rooms cost a night though? Like, because the thing I'd, is, like, I pay literally anything. I think any, any. Oh God! But the thing is, so would anyone. Because <laughs> <laughs> anytime you've got, um, you know, because I've been to Disneyland, as I think we maybe all have in LA, but like there are yeah. completely themed hotels on site at Disneyland currently, where you go in and it's like every like there's a hotel that's just all like rustic and wooden and all one world, and there's a princess hotel and all of that. And yeah. every time I walk through them, because like you kind of have to walk through them to get to a certain area. I go like, this is the pinnacle of some people's dreams about where they want to go on holiday. And I mm. bet these cost a mint. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt it'll cost a lot. Yes, it'll be expensive even for the lowest tier, but I assume there'll be tiers. So you'll have maybe the Chancellor tier, the Jedi tier, the Sand People tier. <laughs> yeah, the scum. And the lower you are, the more like shit the other guests can treat you. I mean, I'd be <laughs> oh okay with that. Oh, I wonder <laughs> if they've got like a like a um, so Jar Jar Binks area by the pool where it's just all you like to go swimming. You have to all act and talk like Jar Jar Binks. I hope so, Dan. That's the dream, isn't it? That's that is That's always right. the dream. Um, it's in Florida. <laughs> Just yeah, so that everyone go. knows where to plan their trip in so 2019. You, so I was, in fact, who, were I, was I talking to you the other day that my dream would be to go to Star Wars land and I'd want to completely role play while doing it and make it into a pilgrimage? Well, now that is utterly possible and everyone else will be doing it too. Yep. And so, I think it and, is technically yeah. a pilgrimage if you put Jedi on the census form, right? It is. It definitely <laughs> is. And I have previously. Does that mean we Take- can claim it? In some sort of tax <laughs> exemption, tax, <yeah>. something. <laughs> well, you I should know. see what else I try and claim in my tax exemption. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Why no, the hell not? Use this as proof. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry, Emma does um, my tax now. All right, on to onto you, my very, Onto my very, very exciting news. It is the least exciting out of all of our news. Um, <laughs> I was just really amused this week that the Sims 4 community was ripping itself apart over um, a controversial update pack to do with laundry, which I think is amazing. Big ticket. You know what the real news is there, that there's still actually a Sims 4 community. So so this is more what I wanted to talk about. So like I (laughs) last played Sims regularly, Sims 3. Um, Sims 2 is probably my one where like I lost chunks of my life to it. It was like the Sims college. Yeah, there was was the moment in the Sims college edition where it was – 
I was failing university, but my fictional Sims university students were doing okay. So it was very like, it was so a confusing okay time. Yeah. yeah. It, it evens <laughs> out. It balances. Exactly. Mm. Um, and the frustration always used to be that like you would buy the base Sims pack and then they would relaunch a new <laughs> Sims and you would lose all of that. So you would have to re, you know, the Sims the work pack. Yeah. yeah it, it's a big part of their model. And I, I certainly get that, but um, it, it's fascinating in an age of kind of, I guess, smaller chunks of DLC. And I, I haven't played Sims 4, but um, that they now have um, stuff packs, which is, uh, I guess, small, cheap game add-ons where it's like you might buy it for like 99 cents or something like that. Um, and they're not, they're not, you know, Sims go to college, but it's like, oh, you can build a bowling a bowling alley in your house or you can you can build a gym in your house now. Like they're just very small focused packs. It's sort of um, the level just above because they introduced the marketplace in two or three, didn't they? Where hmm. you could buy yep. oh, this three. bed has a different texture and yeah. you can you can buy that with sim credits or, or whatever the you know purchasable currency is. Yeah. And um yes, yeah, so I guess I found that interesting just looking at how the the marketplace for the Sims has changed since I was a regular Sims, I'm going to say user because it's probably the best <laughs> description. Um, and then the hilarious comments on the laundry pack, which were just, you know, such gems, like such a major disappointment. Why on earth would anyone want to do laundry in their game? I don't like doing it in real life. Off the grid or food preserves would have been a much better choice. And it's like, <laughs> it's an entire game based around controlling small humans that you make go to work and clean their house and look after their kids. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not. Yeah, but it's also an escapism. Like It is, uh, but like escaping to what? Like suburbia? Like it, it's fascinating because I. Wow. Escaping to off the grid and perishable food, obviously. <laughs> what an, yeah, off the grid would be amazing. What an interesting commentary on its players, Catherine, is that they're escaping yeah. into suburbia. Fascinating. Yeah. Ugh. Well, it's, it says a lot. It does. Yeah, no, you're it's, in suburbia, no, Charles. How's that going? <laughs> Great. He loves I love it. it. I don't need to escape <laughs> into it. I'm here every day, baby. <laughs> it's. I think it's just more that it was this huge firestorm with people getting really angry about how ridiculous it was adding laundry. And it's like, I think, I think you're criticizing the wrong game if you're going to ask why someone <laughs> would want to do something as boring as laundry. <laughs> like, Yeah, it just makes sense, really, because they're in a yeah. house and that's what you put in houses. But also exactly. people love to complain. So they do. I get it. They do. Mm. And it, I think it was more that it made me flash back to my hardcore sim days and it was like I kind of felt that relief of like I'm glad I'm not in that anymore, but maybe I should just check out The Sims 4 and see what it's – no, Catherine. So for those keeping score at home – uh, that is WoW and Sims that have yeah. like taken Catherine to such a point that she can no longer go back and play them despite <laughs> yeah. constantly getting the urges. Yeah. Some would say that I am the common factor, but they would be wrong. <laughs> no, it's the game's fault. It's EA it's- and Activision plotting against you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that said, I have a healthy relationship with civilization. I can play that and then after a few hundred hours, something in my brain switches <laughs> off and I'm like, I'm done with Civ for a little while. So Civ 6 has had succeeding. a lot of the similar kind of commentary on their little DLC bundle packs where now it's it's sort of like mini DLC. They just release one or two sieves in a little pack. And um, I think people are more angry about the cost per sieve you're getting, going, why, yeah. why wasn't this included in the main game? Yeah. Not 
why did you include washing machines in my civilization? <laughs> or whatever the equivalent <laughs> or of a civilization would be. of just washing machines. It would be <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Mm, very um, good. But yeah, that was my, it was the least exciting news. Honestly, if I could have had the Star Wars land news, <laughs> I would have had that. Yeah, but, but you, you didn't. But you didn't. didn't. Nope. I feel I earned it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, cool. So uh, that's it for our news and nerd week. No Game of Thrones, no Spider-Man, none of that cool stuff for us. Maybe oh, in the I future. Forgot, I forgot Spider-Man had come out. We should go see that as a thing. We should. Mm. Yeah, we should. A game club it. adventure. Oh, maybe we should do that instead of testing out Charles's board game. Lock maybe. it in. Oh, my God, maybe. please, yes. <laughs> we can do that. I'm okay with it. Okay. All right, we'll be back with some papers, please. Papers, Please is a dystopian document thriller, essentially a glorified clerk working the front lines of border control in a USSR communist proxy. Uh, This was made by a lone developer, Lucas Pope, and has won a bunch of awards, uh, the BAFTA Game Award for Strategy and Simulation. Uh, Charles, can you give us a bit of an overview of uh, what Papers, Please is all about? Yeah, sure. Just for our listeners that haven't played it, to give them a bit of an idea. So you're, you're a border guard essentially, uh, at a border control point, just like we see at airports, uh, and you take their passports and their IDs and their papers and all the different things that you have to collect as it gets more complicated. Uh, you check them out against the various rules, against to see if they're forgeries, to see if the information's correct. Maybe to check change. Yeah, maybe to check if they're smuggling things. Is their particular nationality not allowed through your borders at the moment? So this is what you're checking for. Uh, and if they're allowed to go through, you let them go through. And if they're not, you are you do not let them through. So maybe you detain them, maybe you search them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and that's kind of that's the game. So everyone that comes through is a different character with their own little story. Sometimes maybe they're a criminal, or maybe they're the wife of someone and they don't have papers, but they're begging with you to let them through. Maybe you do. I usually didn't. Uh, So you get to make these ethical choices with these characters as well. And it kind of just branches out and there's interesting little stories that come in in regards to uh, kind of a guerrilla force that's looking to overthrow the the rulers of, now let's see if I get this right, Astotska. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Uh, And there's just, there's so much going on and I just think it's it's super clever, but we'll get to that. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that, that about sums it up. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, that's a that's a good back of the box description. Do you have anything it's, to add to that? Uh, yeah, strokes, that it's, Catherine? it's all pretty much one screen, which is interesting. Uh, it's pretty kind of pixelated art style, like mm. deliberately so, um, which I think it was probably done by the developer as part of the I'm a one man team. Um, yeah, you've only got so but, many choices to make at that point. Yeah, um, but I mean, it also came out during a certain time of a kind of indie games where there were a fair few with that very like slightly more retro-y, this is a game that you felt like you could have played in the 90s kind of well, type yeah, and style. Well, the art immerses me and I'll get to that a little further, but I mean the game is obviously set in that kind of 80s period, uh, yeah. 70s, 80s period. So the art kind of immersed me in that because, you know, they had pixelated graphics back then and it all kind yeah. of worked for me. So and It was just such a, you know, like it being in one screen – really worked because you know that's where you're in your booth just looking at documents all day that's your job (laughs) so immersive Uh, yeah yeah so that's cool we'll get to our thoughts on the game in a minute i wanted to jump into a segment we haven't seen in a while called your opinion matters 
call out to our listeners, that's you guys and girls out there in Radioland, uh, on what your thoughts on Papers, Please were, as uh, some of you are playing along with us each week. And we got a couple of comments on Facebook. Matthew Callis says, a very slow and ominous game when you first jump in, but once you get the hang of it, pace picks up and the satire is very well done. How did you guys find the, the pace of the game there? Stressful. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, no, I, I got stressed too. I, got, I did get stressed. I, I got less and less stressed, but I mean, in partially because this is the second time I've played the game. So once I got into the rhythm of it, like we can go into the specifics a bit more, but like I was my first playthrough. I remember it was like people were dying. They were cold. They were hungry. Mm. This playthrough, I literally didn't dip like I, I made my rent and my heat and all of those kind of things that happen at the end of every day with money to spare by quite a lot. So, oh, it, so it's definitely there's, really amazing. Yeah, well, there's definitely quite a sheeper. <laughs> no, there's quite a <laughs> steep um, learning curve with it. But once you get there, it's um, especially those early days, you can build up a bit more of a buffer because you're like, I'm all over this shit. You know, mm, I know how mm. to check your passport easily. Yeah, sure. Whereas I was like, you know, getting slips all over the place, you know, you did not yeah. check their birth. Now your people go hungry. It's like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Um, another comment here, speaking of the satire and the humor, Anthony Murphy commented saying, Georgie Costava is the best character. Every time he pops up, I want to let him in, even though it costs me a mistake. I love his homemade passport. Astoska is the best. Um, <laughs> Georgie so anyone is who's the played best. the game knows who, knows who Georgie is. Um he he come he comes up. He's a great guy. He never has the right, or almost never has the right, uh, the right details. Uh, or if but he it does, just adds a bit of levity to drugs. It. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it adds a bit of levity to a game which, as we described, it's sort of that that communist um, border patrol, uh, not even patrol, just border checkpoint game that is quite stressful and dark in a lot of places and i think it adds a bit of levity in there so so right on anthony for picking pick it up on that one yeah bit of comedy was uh was much appreciated i remember at one point uh i just let one of the guards wives through even though she didn't have the right paperwork and he was so happy and they hugged and it was lovely and then some terrorists came along and because i wasn't quick enough on my rifle they oh, killed the no. guy oh, you oh, let him no. die, and nothing was said that was the best part. Yep. Like the wife didn't come back or anything, but you knew that that was her husband. And just when she'd got through, he was killed because you yeah. were too slow. I didn't even know he could be killed. I yep. always rescued him. It was just <laughs> a really dark moment. Uh, so that was Aww. awesome. But it was, it was nice to then have Georgie come along and be like, ha ha, you got me. I smuggled <laughs> drugs. <laughs> it's definitely uh, definitely all over the place, but in a good way. And I guess we'll go, we'll dive into the deeper discussion on, on what we thought of the game. Um, as Charles mentioned, you have to check paperwork against rules. And so a lot of it is about your attention to detail and checking, okay, was this passport issued in the right city? Is the name on their passport the right name that's on their entry ticket and the game ramps up slowly by increasing that complexity each day and so each day there's usually a different rule or a different thing you got to watch out for um and they you know, change Catherine, or, yeah all that has changed um now it sounds like Catherine, you just breezed through it apparently it's just better well, and no, more so, control than the rest of us so it made it made a big difference <laughs> that i'd played it before so because sure. when it started it's like you're kind of figuring out like what to do and where to go. Whereas I kind of knew that like, okay, at the start of the game, the things that trip you up are that the issuing city 
is technically a city, but it's not the right one for that country. Mm. And like, yep. that was a thing that the first playthrough had really, had really fucked with me basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a huge learning curve um, when you start in those early couple of days and then it just, you just start to feel like you're drowning in paper. And mm. I know that sounds like a criticism, but I really don't mean it to be. It's just like, it's the point. Yeah, the yeah. regime escalates and escalates and it's like, no, like we can't let people in without vaccinations and we can't do this and we can't do that. And 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 then you're, you know, by the end you're taking people's passports, which is this incredibly <laughs> kind of um, that that's pretty much the end of the game. Once you start taking people's passports, you you're right near the end. And um and yeah, it's just it's death through bureaucracy versus death through shooting people. And I think it's it's more powerful in a way than a normal militarized kind of game. And I think yeah. it's definitely a, especially on that topic, that death by bureaucracy, the ever increasing complexity and how it sort of impacts someone actually on the front lines. Like it's not actively beating you over the head with this, but you sort of start to discover that your the higher ups putting these things in place obviously have no idea how this system works. And they're just like, oh, well, you know, Kolechnians, nah, can't let them in. Just not. Nah. And then it becomes, oh, no, yeah, they need the vaccination. Oh, they need this. Oh, this needs to be correct. So you need like 20 pieces of paper from them. And when they don't have one, you've got to ask them for it or you've got to deny yeah. their passport but then you've got to give them a reason why why to deny later and because um, the journalists are getting on your back like classic yeah. journalists like classic. yeah they're the worst uh, yeah. I, and I, I really like how that affected you as the border person because of course you have your own family they're living in a at a class eight apartment mess i got up to class seven uh I got and, to class five <laughs> yeah whatever Catherine. whatever uh and essentially yeah if you don't <laughs> Uh, correctly either access or deny enough passports in a day, you're not making enough money to feed your family. So they're, they're increasing this bureaucracy, but at the same time punishing you if you're not keeping up. So that was, uh, it was really clever. Uh, yeah, especially really that's great. The time element each day. Mm. And as you said, if you pr- uh, process someone correctly, you get five credits or whatever it is. And if you fail, you don't get credits, but you get a citation. And on your third citation, you start getting fines. Then you're real screwed. Yeah, yeah, then your family's going without heat or, or, or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, and it, it is fascinating. So I think for me, the thing I kept on thinking about is because um, they always talk about, especially with World War II, but it kind of applies to any country where things have gone a bit wrong, um, about how like, oh, why didn't people do something? Like, yeah. Yeah, why, I found why this as didn't, well. Why didn't the guards at, you know, um, the concentration camps realize they were doing something wrong and let people out, which, you know, seems on its face like a really valid criticism and then you kind of go like you can feel the slow slide like Mm -hmm. the slide from the start of the game of like I'm denying people but like look they don't have a passport they don't have the right form like of course I can't let them into my country to like oh now I'm letting people in but I'm taking away their passports or I'm denying people because even though they're a refugee, but because their papers are slightly expired. Like, yeah, or, or this woman's there saying, you know, if you don't let me through, I'm going to be killed. And you're like, well, I'm on my second citation. Yeah. And like, how do I know you're telling the truth? Is it worth yeah. the risk of my and, family not eating tonight? And if you let every single, so um, I, I finished the game a few times. Um, so there are various yeah, different endings. endings. Yeah. It's yeah. And, and also you can, what I really appreciated is that um, you can start from, so there's about, there's 31 days is the maximum. And you can start, like, I could start from day 29 a number of times and, and get 
various different endings. So it, it yep. didn't feel like a game that was all about grinding. Um, the grinding, design, yeah, that was a really cool yeah, feature. Yeah, I loved that. I thought it was really cleverly designed to not frustrate you, but to really reward you for finding different options. To explore the story, um, yeah. Yeah, but it, so I've seen those end stats a bunch of times and I um, so for a bit of a challenge, I did a no citations playthrough, um, which is hard. <laughs> I didn't Stressful, have to restart I'd too imagine. many times because I started yeah. to get into a weird like zen rhythm, um, a completely <laughs> citation free. <laughs> <laughs> I was the border machine. <laughs> um, a completely citation free playthrough isn't possible because Georgie actually forces a citation on you. Oh, wow. Um, Because he gives you his passport against – he's like, oh, I'll give you my passport so you can escape and you can't refuse it. So you always have to finish the game with one citation, which I was a bit annoyed by. (laughs) I thought that might be the case. I think I warned you out. No, no, you have to. I've I've replayed that day a bunch of times. No, no, no. I think I warned uh, you out that you couldn't do it without a citation and you're like, no, 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 I got this. Uh, No, it's fine. Well, I guess theoretically you did. Directly, you did. I just Let's say to you see. did. I'm going to give that to you. Yes, yeah, say I did. Yeah, yeah that's pretty I think good. You deserve that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I've seen the end stats when you have basically a perfect game, um, and you deny about the same amount of people as you let through. So if you let everyone through, you would your family would die and you would lose the game. So there's no way to not mm. deny a certain amount of people. But it's really about finding the right moral balance. Like when I when I not when I did the no citation playthrough because honestly that was really rough because it was like people were like, let me through so I can avenge my daughter's death or let me through. My husband's on the other side. I'm like, denied. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of ones as well where this lady's like, oh, this guy, he's uh, he's sort of a pimp. Um, yeah. He, you know, he promised us jobs, but I fear that he's going to steal our passports. <gasps> can you please deny him from coming in? And yep. then you're like, but all this paperwork's in order. <laughs> I, uh, yep. So I let him through because I'm in. like, yeah, his, his paperwork's legit. And then the next day there's a little news feature and it was like yep. that these prostitutes have been found dead. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah so I, I went back and played that <laughs> and denied him. And then, yeah, the story is different. It's that um, because I detained him or something, um, it, the the prostitute ring was blown open or, or whatever. Like the, the stories were slightly different. Mm. Yeah. So each day there are some scripted events, but then as Catherine was saying, the rest are just sort of randomly, you know, good or not. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so it's really about where your moral, like on a normal playthrough, like the first time I did it, you just kind of, you do the best you can. Like when someone mm. has a really compelling story, you're like, I, I guess I'll let you in. Like, or, or they won't quite make enough sense. And you're like, I'm sorry, you're being denied. Like you kind of, you, I, I reckon most people on their first playthrough would go kind of end up a little bit grey. Um, and which, not this guy. Well, no, you did. You worked for the order, Charles. You said. Well, let's uh, yeah. let's, uh, yeah. let's go into that. Um, <laughs> so, which which paths did you guys sort of gravitate towards in your first playthrough or in your your sort of natural playthrough? Yeah. So I went pretty dark to begin with. I was like denying everyone because <laughs> I just did not care. I had to feed my family. And actually, the first playthrough, I I got put in jail. That was my first one. I was trying right. my best to do what they wanted me to, but I just could not earn enough money. Uh, my family went hungry. They were cold. I was in debt and you, I was like $5 in debt. And they're how like, many, off to jail with you. How many people did you tend to get through a day? I don't know, like six. Oh, jeez. This is, this is my very first playthrough. Okay. I mean, let's sure. be kind. Let's be kind. So my average day uh, is about 13. <laughs> yeah, well, look, Catherine, we're not all gods of papers, please. So... 
Yeah, so that was my first playthrough. And after that, I was then, I wanted to avenge, you know, the cruelty that had been put upon me. So then I started working for the Order. Uh, and the second playthrough, I got to assassinate that uh, that red character. And they mm-hmm. uh, they escaped my family, but I was locked up. So, yeah, yep. that, that's, that's how it, I roll. Is that the it's one where good. you have to decode the puzzle and then you get yeah, the poison? Yeah, it's so cool. And you yep. stamp the poison onto its thing and it's just great mechanics. Yep. And the, uh, yeah, the immersion really of that with an iPad is really good. Yeah, I so I mean, I did it. Yeah, again, like this is a so I this is a rare game I played on my computer the first time and the iPad the second because I played it when it came out a few years ago. It's it's made for iPad. Like you drag yep. the documents, you click stuff that doesn't work with your finger. Like it it works so well um, that I can't imagine going back to using a keyboard like an idiot. Like. Well, I used a keyboard and like an actually I used, a ma- I used a mouse <laughs> and the keyboard does get used later when you purchase upgrades. So at, at the start, yeah, you have the to click cuts. everything, but yeah. then, yeah, you get, you, you can, if you have a bit of spare money, you can buy a, an upgrade for your booth. So you press space bar and that activates the discrepancy thing or you press tab and that slides the, uh, the, mm. uh, the stamps out. I assume obviously that those would be upgrades are different on, uh, on iPad. No, you just have it's to all just touching it. You just yeah. suck it up. But I Can't think overall it's faster. Two finger moving at the same time and things yeah, like not, that. It's not that useful. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's you don't really use it's it. It's already too easy. They don't need to make you earn <laughs> new upgrades. It's about the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but but yeah, the iPad because you're dragging the documents. There's that textile as in I'm holding their passport like. As I'm throwing it it in the bin. Yeah. So, (laughs) and yeah, you're placing it in the stealing pile or whatever. Like, so you're definitely feeling like it's more you in there. Uh, So Mm. I thought playing it on the iPad was great as my first little foray into proper iPad gaming experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, oh, sorry, you go, Daniel. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, well, I was going to ask you how, what you gravitated towards to Catherine, but I'm, you know, you yeah, just I mean, gravitated I, towards winning all for the glory of Astotska. <laughs> I did. I mean, I um, I tend to go more the rebels, as I think probably most game players do. Like someone comes along and says, we can overthrow it all. You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hell yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, I guess my, my thing with the game was that it, like, weirdly, I think it would be the kind of game that would be great to get people that are studying, like, the Cold War or World War Two or stuff like that to play because, you know, it's a fictional country. You're not actually, um, you know, pretending that you're a German border security guard or anything like that. But it makes you remember that every time there's huge events, there's little people that just wanted to keep their family going that are little cogs in the big machine um, mm. and really make you feel that, yeah, like maybe you should have let that person through, but yeah, you also had your own people to protect and your own shit that you wanted to worry about. Um, and and I don't know if you guys got to this ending, but um, kind of I guess one of the happiest ones is when you get your entire family um, passports for a different country and you, you all escape um, and you doctor them and you've had to take them from other like the people that come through the, the you have checkpoint. to confiscate Orbistan passports because Astoska has confiscated yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's really dark, and um, and I I did that. I got enough for all all of my family, and um, and then you go to another checkpoint, and someone else looks at your papers, oh, and no. you sit there waiting. I mean, it's just a little cut scene, That's but so it's just cool. that feeling of like, yeah, this is like. I mean, and he lets you through, but. 
the tables have turned. Like he's looking at my forged papers and I'm really hoping he doesn't spot that my name doesn't match the fingerprints or whatever. And, um, and yeah, it's just a really neat little circular kind of moment where, you know, the border guard becomes the, 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 person being boarded immigrant. i don't know <laughs> yeah, the immigrant, immigrant. Yeah, boarded. yeah what <laughs> uh, i mean there's there are, look, Great there are some problems with astoska uh that would make you want to leave i guess um but one of the things that is really big and ali pope uh, on facebook asked us to point this out she said please discuss astoska's booming strip club scene <laughs> yes. uh because quite often women coming into the country will pass you like a business card, I guess, for mm. the strip club. Um, what is going on there? I assume that's to highlight crazy amounts of human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's kind of modeled on a few kind of Eastern European, russia type countries, you'd assume. Yeah. Um, and that that is a booming industry. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you do many of the, the little things? I, I, Charles, you said that you were sort of, struggling a little bit um but when you did certain nice things you get little coins um, i did get a few coins yeah did you get a few coins yeah. yeah i got a few coins that was cool so I'll, i want to i want to run through just a couple that i that i can remember off the top of my head uh so the one where the husband comes through and is like hey you know we're moving to this new country my wife's in the line behind me you know we're so excited did you let her through not ever <laughs> Catherine, you, it depended on which playthrough, but yeah, of course. Okay. But how do you know? How do you when know? When I did my spies? medal playthrough, how do you know they're not spies, Catherine? You don't, but you get a medal, Charles. <laughs> I mean, clearly so you want to collect the medals. I'm, I'm looking at this from a possibly different perspective to you guys. So we haven't discussed my career, but I'm kind of part of the machine, and we'll leave it as that. So uh, the way I was seeing it was, I'm like, well, they could be a terrorist. They could be lying. They could be trying to get past. Like I was instantly, that, they were the that enemy. Had no impact on the game. Like if you had let no. hundred people through, you wouldn't have seen something different the next day, unless it was like you let the Kalechi and you know, envoy through when you weren't meant to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, so but it's interesting. Coming up from a very metagamey kind of perspective. No, no, generally well, I got no, the medals because I was trying to do the nice thing. Yeah. yeah, but because you were believing them, whereas I was saying, looking at it from the perspective oh. of, well, that's what mm. I would say if I was a, like, Spy. special forces person trying to get through a border checkpoint. So, right. yeah, right, the tables turn. Did you ever let Georgie through? We haven't really, like, we, we I did, touched I, on I him did. a little bit. I but very much did. When, when he myself. got the right like passport or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I sent him away for drugs a couple of times yeah. and then he came back like a third time and I'm like, you know what, mate, you deserve this. Uh, yeah. You, you he actually comes back with proper papers one time. Yeah, he I'm does. pretty sure. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Cause Good on the no uh, citation you... playthrough, I had to let him through <laughs> and I checked his papers very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he turns up at the beginning without a passport at all. So you can't even let him in. Uh, cause no, there's nothing can. to stamp. Uh, no, the can. first time he's, he rocks up. He's, He's correct. He's got nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, Astoska, great country. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You can still let him through because to deny him, you have to get a slip of paper. And on that slip of paper, you can oh. still technically stamp approved. Because really? I let him through the yeah. very first time I saw him on Should a certain playthrough. Where do you get the paper from? It's um, something that automatically when, turns up. The PC and yeah. iPad versions might be slightly different. Yeah, I think and it might be different because there was just nothing. He doesn't even give you anything. There's nothing to stamp. Well, no, because you to send him like away, you always have to be able to send a denial form. So a denial form just appears. 
No, denial forms only come in later in the game on the PC. Like mm. they're, they're only there okay. from like day 20 onwards or something. Okay. A fascinating we- debate we possibly don't yeah. need to have. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that exciting. Uh, so Georgie, super fun guy. Very fun. Very cool. Um, so there was obviously the, there was a guy that asked you to hand out business cards for the engineers. Yep. Did that. Yep. Did that. Um, one of the guards asks you or tells you like, hey, I'll start paying you money the more people you detain. Yeah, I detained a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure Charles did. <laughs> I did that on my first playthrough, but then I was like, this is like this is taking longer. The detaining process takes longer than does. I could get someone through and, and maybe. Mm, but you uh, get the bonus. It ends up being more effective. Yeah, yeah, it's totally more effective. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, great no, ethical definitely. choices. And just there, there were so many. Uh, what I what I love about this game, and what I haven't seen in many games, is actual deep ethical choices. Usually, it's just you're evil or you're good, and you kind of yeah. it's really obvious when you make that choice. But in this one, it was really quite difficult because people all had their own agendas. You had your own agenda. You were doing your best to survive within this kind of horrible world, and uh, the ethical choices were quite complex. And that's so rare that I, I think people really need to appreciate it. Yeah, I think that, accept- that's kind of. Oh, sorry the Go best ahead. tagline for the game like mm. just doing your best <laughs> really yeah. like you know sometimes you send people away and they die the next day but like they didn't have the right papers <laughs> mm. <laughs> did you accept the money charles because i know some uh one one time a guy comes through possibly working with the, res- uh, the order or something and i think he offers you money i don't think i did oh i think he gave me the money and the watch and i think i kept the money didn't let him through but gave him back the watch <laughs> Right. Are oh, you talking so, about watch guy? No, the the order. I I accepted it. It gets taken away unless you burnt it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. They gave you a thousand dollars, and then it gets taken away. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you burn it, I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, I was oh, doing some reading. Apparently, yeah. he can offer you two thousand. Yeah. Awesome. And if you don't burn that, if you're like, okay, yeah, I'll take the. You know, I've burnt the one thousand, but now I'll take the two thousand. Um, then they're instantly just like, yeah, you fucked up. They'd be on to you. Yeah, in a yeah. second. Is there yeah. a, was there anything that you'd improve in the game? I mean, there's um, one for me. <laughs> Make it so that you can do a, do a no citation. <laughs> you should write to the uh, to the single designer and let him know, Catherine. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I loved I loved the game. Like, you don't mm. play it. I I think I got to about eight endings out of the twenty. Um, uh, but that said, that that wasn't eight playthroughs. That was you know. There would be certain days where if I made one mm. choice or another, it, you know, I sh- when I shot the red guy, there was a day where I didn't and I found a different ending. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's for what it is. It's a game that knows exactly what it wants to do and there's not, it's not much I'd change. I'd, uh, I'd really enjoy it if there was a mode that slowed down the days a little because while the time pressure is super important because that's what's creating tension in the game, I found I wasn't able to enjoy the storylines as much and the narrative. Because mm. I was so stressed about meeting these time frames. Uh, <laughs> shut up. So, uh, and, but, and, but the stories were really good and sometimes really deep. So I'd probably enjoy a mode where you could, a narrative mode, if you will, uh, where you could kind of choose when to end mode. your day. <laughs> well, I mean, I had easy mode ticked most of the time any day. Anyway. It was an extra 20 bucks a day. I needed oh, it, Catherine. Oh. <laughs> My son no eat without it. So would you play the endless mode then, Charles? Well, what, did that slow it down? I never played no, that. I think that was no. just just stay alive as long as you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'd really like a narrative mode where you could choose when to end the day and just enjoy the stories. Yeah. The... um. Mm. Oh, that's so adorable. I mean, there was this weird rush, like it was this thing of, you know, you'd get 
one form and you get the passport and you'd see the thing where the numbers were different and you were about to be able to detain them. And that's like, you were fucking over someone's life, but like, that's a victory. And it was this, yeah, just this really strange, like, yes, I got them. Oh, I've just sent away a father that wanted to reunite with his son. Oh. Mm. <laughs> you know. Um, or I've just, sent away the girlfriend that the guard asked me specifically to let through. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about uh, specific things and asking people to do things, how about giving us a, a review on iTunes? Ooh, <laughs> I tried. Did I get it, Dan? Good did I do it as well as you did? That was yeah, good. Right? We did get yes. a five-star review recently. No, um, I don't believe you. Yeah. Five stars. Five That's stars. impressive. Uh, so no citations. Uh, the review was from with Lucky Georgie. Sevens. He says, brilliant stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, from Georgie. Fun to listen to the uh, on the way to work. Thoroughly enjoying it. Keep up the amazing work. And then open mouth smile emoji. Well, that the open mouth that's smile. getting an approve. Yeah, wow. <laughs> the open mouth smile emoji really makes it. I mean, yeah. there's normal smile and then there's open mouth smile. So yeah, thank you with Lucky Sevens. Yeah. If you want to get uh, your passport approved, you can always head on to, over to iTunes and give us a, uh, a five-star review or just any kind of review and just be honest. That would be awesome too. And uh, yeah. we might read it out on the show. I accept, I accept one star. Her voice is too shrill. Like, I understand that. <laughs> look, as long as it's honest. Like, if they say, hey, look, your entry ticket is expired, one star rejected, like, you'd have yeah. to accept that. Yeah, reason for denial included. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, let's continue on. Um, you've sort of talked about a couple of things you'd want to um, adjust the game. Is there anything anything else you wanted to touch on before we move on to game recommendations? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's it. I just want to. I really want to make sure people understand that it's this little pixelated game, but the immersion that it creates is just so impressive with the theme that it goes with. So, if you're looking for a really immersive game to uh, to make some ethical choices in, I would uh, I would recommend Papers, Please. I think as well, like if you're someone who is looking for an employee and you've put on like <laughs> requirement attention to detail, maybe make them play this game because Clever. you need a lot of attention to detail to to continue and do well in this game. Yeah. Are I you know saying I have, I have high attention to detail? Yeah, I would say you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, I, whereas I know I have rubbish attention to detail. I like to describe myself as a big hands leader. Uh, <laughs> subsequently, I do not make a good border guard. Yeah, that sounds like laziness and someone that doesn't want to look at every <laughs> page of the passport to me. <laughs> no one's That's got right, time Charles, for that. machines do that job nowadays anyway. Right, Who cares? right. I'm going to tell uh, the I mean, machines Catherine, your job's very valuable. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a creative. <laughs> My job is mm-hmm. not stamping yeah. passports. <laughs> if you say so, you say that. Yeah. Now. Do you reckon well, you could really get a class five apartment as a creative in Astotska? Yeah, exactly. No, but we'll see how well creatives creative. do with the revolution, Catherine. Yeah. All there right. Well, there. let's move on to game recommend game. Uh, Charles, you're the only one with actual notes on a game to recommend. That's because I'm actually committed to this podcast, Dan. <laughs> I would love to hear what game you'd recommend to people uh, if, they, if they've if they played this and kind of enjoyed it. What else would you uh, get, get them on for? So I'd recommend the Tropico series. It's it's kind of your obvious go-to with this kind of theme. Uh, essentially, it's a bit of a flip side. So you are the dictator. Um, well, he kind of walks around, but you make the choices of the government. And, yeah, you get to have your own little dictatorship on an island, and it's just a lot of fun because who doesn't like being a dictator? No one. It has a lot of similar kind of humour as well where you yeah. 
so instead of being the border guy, you're actually the dictator handing down ridiculous legislation. <laughs> you are. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and I thoroughly enjoyed it back in the day when I played it. It's always on Steam for sale at various, you know, two three dollars. So uh, maybe pick that up if you're into being a dictator. I'm going to recommend uh, a game we've covered on a previous game club, and that's the Stanley Parable. Um, most It's a very different style of game. Obviously, Stanley Parable is a first person walking around uh, based on the Half-Life mod, but it has a lot of that branching different kind of endings and different kind of choices and sort of what choices you make sort of define your character. Uh, and I feel that there's a bit of a parallel in there. And if you like that aspect of Papers, Please, you might really dig uh, looking into uh, Stanley Parable. And you can always just listen to our episode of the podcast to get a feel for it. Um, although I recommend playing it before you listen to the podcast because we spoil it. So <laughs> We do spoil it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got two recommendations and I guess they're they're not hugely similar in terms of gameplay, but they're similar in terms of feel. So one is a game called Beholder, um, which is your estate installed landlord in a totalitarian state. So you have to spy on tenants and eavesdrop and profile them and report on them. Um, so very similar in feel to Papers, Please. Uh, and then although a very different kind of, it's kind of a side-scrolling 2D, almost like looks a bit more like sim tower kind of um uh so very different art style wise and then the other one is one called uh, the westport independent which again is um it's a censorship simulator <laughs> um and you're editor of one of the last independent newspapers in the country and you have to decide what news you will publish and what news you will censor, which side of, you know, are you going to report what the government tells you to report or will you report the truth and get shut down? Um, and again, very limited in scope. Like you literally just see, you know, text on screen and um, and it's very pixelated as well. So um, really similar game but completely different at the same time. Mm, very good. I just got reminded of one uh, that I hadn't played, but I'd seen at PAX last year. Ah, uh, uh, yes. That's Orwell, where you um, take the role of a sort of NSA security officer or just, you know, uh, a, a surveillance officer. And your whole job is grabbing details and grabbing data from surveillance, trying to work out what's relevant and then sending it on to, uh, to the relevant Organization, so whether it's the FBI, the CIA, or, or their their equivalent, um, and so it's that you're you're sort of one step removed from everyone uh, that you're looking after, but it's about looking at the details and and working out and trying to stop terror threats and things like that. With uh, you know, sometimes you get it completely wrong because you are that um, you don't have the full context and you're not there actually seeing the people and whatnot. So probably a good game for you, Charles. Yeah, like I, I'm looking <laughs> at it and it looks really good. Uh, I'd probably need a bit of a break between playing Papers, Please and this. Otherwise, I might just go into a, a spiraling hole of depression. But uh, it might be a game in the future to play. Yeah. If uh, you're a bit worried about the depressive nature of Papers, Please, we got something to brighten your spirits. It's a <gasps> quiz. Oh my god, it's quiz. Ooh, quiz. Are you pumped for quiz, Gavin? Can I continue my reign? <laughs> Your streak. It's three for three now, right? 
I think I've won every quiz I was in. I don't want to brag, yeah. but I'm the best yeah. Papers, Please player. I'm, I can get up the escalators, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> this might be your time to continue to shine. I, so I Graham, think yeah, it's yeah. defined as hubris in the dictionary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems like a good thing. I don't know yeah. what it means, but it sounds oh. positive. So the quiz for today is uh, a bit of a dictator theme going on. So oh. what I've got for you is four que- uh, kind of examples, uh, and there's two examples with each, you know, question or whatever, and it's things that crazy dictators have done, oh God, and one's okay. correct and one's fake, and you've got to tell me which one's the correct one, and oh, we'll take nice. it in turns Love of it. going first. Okay. Yep. Yeah, clever, right? This guy put in some effort. So, Catherine, you'll go first on this one. So, so Dan tell will me. say his answer as well, or just me? Just after, I will after wait you, okay. until you after get you. it wrong. And then we'll switch. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, the choices for this one, did a dictator either have 15 female virgin bodyguards or turn their palace floor into a giant aquarium? Uh, the virgin bodyguards, because I know that there's one currently that only has female bodyguards, so that seems realistic. Seems, seems legit. Dan, what about you? Uh, well, I guess I'll say the opposite. So I'm going to say that the aquarium... You can choose mine. No, I can't. I'm going to say the aquarium. Well, Toads did the aquarium. Catherine's right. Uh, Gaddafi uh, had 15 yeah. female virgin bodyguards because that's how you roll. That's um, how we roll. Yeah. yeah, good for you. All right. Very good. Catherine won. Oh, Dan, don't let her win. Don't let this happen. <laughs> no All right, one question wants two. It, not even me. <laughs> question two. Did a, di- a dictator either move all public holidays to the birthdays of their family or kidnap a famous movie director and force them to modernize their country's film industry? Dan. Uh, I'm going to say kidnap a uh, uh, film director. Catherine. I'm going to say kidnap as well. Yeah, you were both correct. Oh, uh, I think it was Kim Jong-un, one of them, the one from yeah. ages ago in North Korea, kidnapped a famous South Korean movie director and forced him to make movies in North Korea while in prison until he managed to escape. Yeah. So I think there was one white person in North Korea that ended up being the villain in all of their movies because yeah, he was he's just living there. there or he was captured there or something. Oh, still there. No, no, there's a guy there that moved there and it's like he's in his 40s and he's very powerful and Holy he's, shit. he's just this weird Western guy that lives in North Korea. That's so yeah. great. All right, here we go. Number three, Catherine's two to Dan's one. Did <laughs> a dictator rename the month of January after themselves or whip their population into a lynch mob Set to kill the Rolling Stones after being stood up for a meeting. <laughs> I'm going to uh, choose two. Dan, because, uh, sorry, uh, Catherine. Oh, two. <laughs> two for me. <laughs> Which one? The, the second one I said? Yeah, the second one, Rolling Stones. The, the Rolling Stones and Dan? Um, so they had, obviously they didn't kill the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, actually robots. They whipped them up into a frenzy. Not with literal whips. I'm going to say, yeah. Uh, whip them up into a frenzy. Ah, you're both incorrect. Oh, no. What? So it seems like such a, dic- a better story. Wait for it. Wait for it. The dictator not only changed the name to something really weird, but then named the month of January after the weird new name they had given themselves because, you know, that's what you do, as well as a whole bunch of other things in their country. That's it was pretty amazing. amazing. So if and you w- said something about July or um, <laughs> October, then I would have been like, oh, yeah, that oh, guy. Yeah, of course. That, yeah, that yeah. Dictator. Uh, and in the Philippines, it was actually the Beatles that the uh, uh, that were 
almost run down by the lynch mob uh, as they Classic fled Beatles. on foot to the airport. Not the Rolling Stones. Uh, but, you know, I just thought I'd just throw that in there to mix it up. Very so cool. both incorrect. Uh, Catherine's still on two, down on one. This one now for two points to give Dan a chance. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> did a director, and who's going first this time? I think it's Dan. Dan, Dan is. So did a dictator either force white slaves to act as footrests or invent blow-up dolls to avoid their soldiers getting syphilis. Dan. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> In- invent? Like a dictator think- somewhere has used white slaves as footrests. Um, you know what? I'm going to say blow-up dolls because that's just hilarious. <laughs> Catherine. I'm going to say footrests. There we go. And Dan takes out the quiz. Yeah! Wait, that's for the win? I assumed it was for a tie because no, I want to do. two points. It was very clear. I was very clear, Fine. Catherine. I was very clear. Don't be you sour. You just wanted me to not Don't win. be sour. <laughs> I'm so sour. <laughs> so Hitler actually created blow-up dolls, according to the one internet page that I very <laughs> thoroughly researched. I feel like, you know what? I and feel like mine is correct soldiers. somewhere, so that's not right. They, so they I were, get hang two on, hang on, as well. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> they were only able to get about 50 dolls out because the soldiers refused to take them for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but they were small enough to fit in a backpack. Uh, and the, uh, the African dictator actually used white slaves to carry him around on a chair, not as foot slaves. Uh, footrests, I should say. So close, but no cigar, Catherine. Mm, Whatever. Catherine, study up Whatever. on your real world dictators some more. Yep. It's Make all it because the last one was two points. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're Whoa. a child. That's a citation worthy a statement, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, if I got right. citations for every swear. <laughs> well, I think that uh, we're almost at the end with Dan Victorious. Yes. In a, a reportedly the hardest quiz to date. Uh, so he's the real quiz master. My <laughs> uh, <laughs> family's going to be able to upgrade to a class four apartment now. Class four. Wow. What a move. I, I'm going to do move. the next quiz. <laughs> and I'm going to win my own. <laughs> Good for you. Sure. Uh, speaking yeah. of the next quiz, uh, the next time on Game Club, Catherine, tell us so actually very you know, maybe much winners maybe winners should mention no, what no i'm gonna is. tell them i'm gonna tell them because this is my idea <laughs> sure um very much against charles and daniel's will i'm forcing them to play a game i'm very excited about called dream daddy <laughs> dream daddy is a dad dating simulator where you play as a dad and your goal is to meet and romance other hot dads <laughs> it's look it's out there it may it looks amazing. It is by the Game Grumps YouTube guys. Um, it's their I believe their first proper game. Um, yeah. And it looks amazing. So I'm very excited. I've never played a dating game before, so I guess if you can jump into the genre, uh, yeah. jump in to a topical one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dream, and I think in this game you are also a dad trying to date yeah, other dads. dads. You and your daughter. Yep. Took me a while to, a uh, to work it out. Yeah, yeah. I got that. Charles is like, so what do the women look like? I'm like, thinking about it the wrong way. <laughs> uh, so that game just came out on Steam, although when I checked the Steam store, it says it wasn't coming out to the 20th. So, uh, yes, the, I think there was a bit of a delay. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of a delay. So we're going to get happen. on that as soon as possible. I, I assume we won't need the full two weeks. So two weeks from today. Uh, well, if it comes out on the 20th, well, that should be plenty of time. Uh, thank you for listening to the Game Club podcast. I've been your host, Dan. I've it's been Catherine, been the failure. Oh. That's fine. <laughs> well, also interrupted me. Well, that's two for two. 
Yeah. <laughs> Two citations, one more and you get fined. <laughs> and uh, I've been Charles, avid board gamer and tabletop player. We'll catch you next time. Check us out on the Twitter. Fuck, I was trying to get Catherine to rub me. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Bye.